in a world few have dared to explore. Two men set out on an epic journey to answer life's manliest questions. From the Fortress of Smoothitude in Lawrence, Kansas, it's The Gentleman Podcast with Glenn Stansberry and Brian McKinney. Welcome to the Gentleman Podcast. I am Brian McKinney. I'm seeing to the left of the glowing Glenn Stansberry. Oh, I am glowing. Glenn, you have the look of someone that follows a sports team. Yep. And said sports team just won the world championship of the, that sport. The world championship. I watched a parade today. Well, I wasn't there. Mm. But I know people who were. Right. And I watched that live stream of the parade. <laughs> and it was glorious. Anywhere from 250 to 500,000 people cramming down in the small part of Kansas City to, mm-hmm. to welcome home the, the Kansas City Royals. Oh, yeah. Ryan. Yeah, I heard people talking about that parade that they uh, it was difficult to get around in. Yeah, it was. It was. Or and so the people that most of the people that showed up couldn't see any part of it. Yeah, that's basically the whole. And and many more were turned or like just left because they right. realized it was impossible hit, to get there. Right. So then they had to fight their way back wherever to get they out. came from. <laughs> anyway, this is why. Yeah, when I heard the stats on how many people were supposed to be in downtown Kansas City yeah. for this, mm-hmm. I said. That's crazy. No thanks. Why would you do that? Yeah. I guess you want to be a part of it and everything like that, but unless you're getting up at like 6 in the morning, you go head over there. I don't know. You know what, Brian? My my uh, participation in this whole thing mm-hmm. has been actually rooting them on throughout right. the season. Right. I did my part. You did your part. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. So, yeah, baseball's, baseball's hard because it's not like basketball. The season's over in a few short months. I mean, mm-hmm. baseball's a, a commitment. It's a long haul. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. So, yes, my boys in blue. Yeah. They took the done. crown. Mm-hmm. Been almost 30 years to the day since it happened last in 1985. Right, so. right. that's a long drought. It's a good feeling. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Well, speaking of world champions, Glenn, mm-hmm. yeah. uh, you and I started a site called gentleman.com. Mm-hmm. Uh, the Royals mm-hmm. have gotten very good in the last couple of years, and a lot of people have been jumping on the bandwagon. Mm-hmm. I feel like this is an opportunity for people out there to jump on the gentleman bandwagon. If they're not already on it. Right. You know? Yeah, exactly. Basically, we're having a parade. We just won yep. something. We're having a parade. Right. There's like a million people waiting. Are you going to be there or are you not? Right. Are you going to be the only person who's not? Right. Mm-hmm. That's um, the question. I, I feel like it's a great opportunity. It's like... It's a party in the streets. Buying a stock on the cheap. Right, you it's know? a penny stock. Right, that's pretty soon going to be a, a, yeah, a dime. It's, it's a you know, it's a peso stock right <laughs> now. It could grow into a million dollar stock, uh, but you got to believe, and you got to yes. go to the site and click stuff. Yes, to make that happen. Uh, and <laughs> the key is the clicking. Yeah, exactly. Not um, not really. That's and, just yeah, that's just arbitrary. Uh, but if you but beyond that, Glenn, hmm. if you really believe in the site, hmm. if you're a true believer. Mm-hmm. Like I am, mm. and Glenn is. What? What? You what could go to a site called podcast.gentleman.com oh, yeah. where you can follow along with old episodes. You can follow along with this episode. You can yes. follow along with previous drinks of the week. You can follow along with this drink of the week. Mm-hmm. You can do all kinds of stuff on podcast.gentleman.com, but it's a real deep dive. Just it is. warning you. Just warning you. Bring a snorkel. That's right. And uh, Some fins. Even better than that. Even if you want to take a step further than the podcast site, you can you could send me and Glenn a correspondence to the U.S. Postal Service mm-hmm. 
uh p.o box 442 305 lawrence kansas 66044 mm-hmm. um glenn saw a a commercial for the post office oh yeah where they're back to their old shtick which is christmas is our season yep the nfl has a season major league baseball has a season mm-hmm. post office christmas is our season so it's time to uh to put the pen to paper as it were, and send a letter to the uh, gentleman mailbag at P.O. Box 442305, Lawrence, Kansas 66044. We will take your letter. We will talk about it on the gentleman podcast. We will take it. We will stick it on the Paul <laughs> on the hall slash wall of fame. That's right. As we know and love as the wall of fame. Of fame. Yes. Uh, and then we might send something a little bit back to you. Mm-hmm. But anyway, the point is, you got to initiate. You got to take the initiative. To get in touch with the podcast by sending a letter over to us. Opportunity's knocking. That's true. Are you going to answer the door? Just answer it. Are you going to answer it or are you going to walk away? Lick a stamp. What are you going to do? Envelope. There you go. Exactly. Yeah. I should note, Brian, that um, the post office, we love the USPS, right? We do. We're we're big fans. We had a little bit of a skirmish there for a little while, but we smoothed everything over. Everything got resolved. We're good. So we're back on that. We're back on that train. But the mm-hmm. thing, the thing, like almost anything, right? All, all, great things yes. typically have one or two things that aren't so great about right. them. Right? You know, like all right. great companies, all great services. Exactly. There's usually one or two things we're like, mm-hmm. well, yeah. The post office, yes, is a fantastic service. Yep. However, avoid going inside and talking to a human being. Human being at a post office at all costs. Yes. It will suck the life right out of you. Yeah. But other than that... Other than that... It's a beautiful thing. As a nameless, faceless service, Mm -hmm. it works really well. It comes to your house. Exactly. It picks things up. Imagine this futuristic thing. Yeah. You take something that you've created yourself. Mm -hmm. Maybe it's a letter. Maybe it's it's something that you've made. Mm -hmm. And you put it in a magical box. And then it arrives in the hands of me and Glenn. That's right. And we pick up the same artifact that you that you put in the box and we we talk about it on the podcast it's like teleporting it's amazing yeah it's incredible these are the futuristic times that we live in look how far we've come it's exactly uh it's exciting times glenn exciting times it really is um speaking of exciting times it's time to get into the drink of the week for this oh man so the drink of the week i picked up brian and i alternate now Mm. well i think we've kind of always alternated but uh, it, was, it was my responsibility this time. That's right. Brian sent me a, a lovely text that said, don't get something crappy. Yeah. So I try not to do that. Mm-hmm. Um, this time, uh, went out on a limb here. I haven't had uh, this brewing in a lo- It's been ages. This a- is- Avery Brewing out of Boulder, Colorado. It's an interesting choice, yeah. Um, typically, this is the one. <laughs> this is never a good sign when, when, the, when you can't find the beer because it's usually hidden. Like mm. in the very, very, very top or the very, 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 very bottom shelf. Yeah. Um, that's what this guy happened to be. But okay. I'm confident that this is a good beer. It's called Ellie's Brown Ale. Mm-hmm. I'm guessing Ellie is a dog because there's a picture of a dog. Yeah. On the uh, on the packaging. It's your standard brown ale. I didn't want to get anything too dark yet, you know. It's still fall. Yeah, I'm not, ready. I'm not quite ready for the stouts. Yeah, it's it's almost Christmas time. We got the uh, we got the holiday beers on 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 retainer oh, coming up there. So oh, gotta, I saw Jubilee. Yeah, so we got we, so, but this is kind of in between periods. So That's yeah. right. We're 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 halfway in, but um, it's five point five percent alcohol. 
Um, I don't think it's very happy. Does it say on the? It doesn't, it, say, on it the doesn't say. Okay. Well, maybe. We'll, uh, let me. Okay. So. Ah, uh, uh, yes. Okay, I've got it right Ooh. up here. Five point five percent. Twenty-eight IBUs. It's a deep russet color. Like the lab that's on the. Uh, Apparently. Yeah. The, lab. Uh, the New York Times in two thousand seven said this is the best of the Browns. Wow. So that's interesting. It's a funny way to put that. It kind of is. Uh, 2005, it said the Great American Beer Festival says bronze medal. Interesting. Now, just so we're clear here, that was 10 years ago, right? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. But, I mean, you can't, you know. Is is there anything more recent? 1997, Colorado State Fair. First place brown ale. Wow. So the hits just keep on coming. First place and only place at the Colorado State Fair in 1997. Mm -hmm. And they say try ancho chili pork or beef tacos with chipotle mole. Yeah, I gotta have it with chipotle mole. Yeah. Otherwise, the. Did you bring over some chipotle mole? I did not. Uh, Usually, that's usually my thing. You know, I always have some with me. Um, Well, anyway, Glenn. All right, well, let's. uh, Why don't we just go ahead and. Yeah, pop these open and see see what the story is here. The The thing I like about this is that. And I'm hoping it tastes like it too, but there's not. It's pretty nondescript. This is like a, mm-hmm. this is like a, you know, an everyday beer. It seems like they don't really hype it up much, other than yeah. the ten year old awards. Um, um, yeah. All right. Well, let's. Uh, there you go. Yeah, thank you, sir. Thank you. Okay. Cheers. Give this a shot. Cheers, Dwelly. Oh yeah, that's, that's good. good. That good. is, man. Why is this hidden? Oh, the, oh, Brian's got some foam issues. Hold on here. Do you mean a napkin? I'm good. Just gonna <laughs> to suck it down there. Just suck it down. <laughs> <laughs> I did one of those things oh. where I, I took a, a, a good yeah. sip on the yeah. first one, mm-hmm. and then it just exploded. Blurp. Yeah. Wow. And then the only thing to do is just take it down. Mm-hmm. That's it. Take it down to Chinatown. That is, right. that is good beer. That's good. I like it. I like that. Mm-hmm. It's, um, oftentimes you get brown ales and they're kind of thin. You know yeah. what I mean? This is not thin. And it's not too crazy, too. Because nope. sometimes the brown ales are kind of like, it's, yeah. it's like too caramely or something. Yeah. Not the case with this. Like this, this is actually a little bit more like, like chocolate. Not, not chocolatey, but you know what I mean? Like kind of like that darker. Yeah. It's not too sweet. Nope. Man, this, That's is, good. this is good. Yeah. I would agree. I would mm. agree, definitely. Okay, Glenn. Well, um, let's see here. Mm. Well, they say lab tested <laughs> as a pun because there's a lab. There's a chuck <laughs> lab on it. Oh, hey, um, Okay, Glenn. Well, let's see here. Uh, so, yeah, let's... Okay, let's recount the stats on this beer and then yep. let's give it a, a, a our guess on the MTS computer's rating of this beer. Mm-hmm. Um, so we so we know that uh, what was the price of the beer? By the eight ninety nine. Eight ninety nine. So that's just a touch just high. Just a touch high. We're, we're, our median for the price is eight point four nine. Yeah, for exactly. a six pack. Yep. So it's eight ninety nine. Five point five percent alcohol and twenty eight yep. IBUs, mm-hmm. which is good. Right where it needs to be for a brown ale. Okay, so what 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 are you saying on the? Uh, I like um, this. I like this I like a lot. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm going to give it an eighty six. I was going to give it an eight seven. Really? Yeah, eight seven. Oh, 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 oh. Uh, yeah, that would that would be mine. Um, yeah, I feel like it's pretty good for a brown ale. I like it's it, really good. And uh, this is a Colorado brewery. I don't know how widespread their distribution is. Um, I, I only, yeah, I don't know either. I mean, 
We I, get a lot of see. There's so many Colorado breweries, right? And we get we get them all. Yeah, we're in Kansas, we're just next. But door. if you're in say New York or mm-hmm. you know Silicon Valley and you're listening yeah. to this, um, right. Maybe maybe you don't get Avery Brewing Company, <laughs> and that's too bad because this is a solid beer. Uh, but anyway, Glenn. Okay, so let's. Okay, let me let me back up and recount the stats mm-hmm. and type them into the MTS computer okay. while we talk about it. Yeah. And then we'll get the official MTS mustache with scale rating for this right. beer. Right. Okay. So that for the Avery Brown, uh, Ellie, Avery Ellie Brown Ale. Yes. It is 5.5% alcohol by yes. volume. Check. It is 28 IBUs. 28 IBUs. Check. The price is $8.99. Mm-hmm. Almost mm-hmm. $9. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then finally, uh, Glenn gave it a 8.6 and I said 8.7. That's right. Okay. Well, uh, let's let the MTS computer do what it does, which is crunch on these numbers, and we will sit here, and we will wait for the final MTS score on the Avery Ellie Brownie. Print out. Printing, printing, printing. Sorry, it takes a while. It's just the proprietary technology. It's not like a smartphone um, or something like that, you know? We're, we're a few uh, updates behind. We're Frankenstein the OS. computer together. Yeah. 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 It's, oh, yeah. It's uh, MTOS, MTOS version <laughs> 0.05. So it's still... We got to get to 1.0. Yeah. 1.1. We're, not, we're working on it. Anyway. Okay, Glenn. Well, it's, got, it's, just, it's, taking, it's coming off the printer right now. Let me grab this thing. Okay. Uh, it's it's an eight point six five mm-hmm. on the MTS scale. Wow! So right, that is right between both yours and mine. Look, you know, it takes all the factors into account and it spits out what the so uh, an impartial computer third party says eight point six five. Really validates how I how I yeah you know. yeah we both got pretty close on it. Wow, that's equidistant. From the actual score. Yeah, so. Well, Brian, I took the liberty of looking up um, the score on beersnob.com. As, as we, we do. So we always do, just just so we're not, you know, just so you can get some perspective, right? right. Um, you need perspective in life. It's Multiple true. sources of input, lots yeah. of data right. to make decisions, right? Right. Beersnob.com, apparently, it's starting to get a little, a little annoying now because yeah. what did they rate the beer? An 87. Hmm. Brian, awfully that, close. That was that was your score. We we're we're kind of getting into some copyright issues with these people. You know, we, we've taken the high ground. Yeah, in the true. past, we said, far. you know, look, maybe it's time to get our lawyers involved. Maybe we got to lawyer up again. Again, right? Ugh. Well, anyway, okay, Glenn. Well, the snobs say eighty-seven, and the real working class individuals say eight point six five. So, for once, the snobs and the real down-to-earth people agree that this is a good beer. Even a blind squirrel finds a nut every now and again. It's true. It's true, Glenn. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, Okay, Glenn. Well, let's move on from the drink of the week this week, and let's get into some interesting posts from gentleman.com in the last two weeks or so. We had a bevy of interesting posts on gentleman this this past two weeks Yep. um, since our last podcast. And so again, sifting through the the wonderful, uh, you know, it's like a, submissions is is hard, but yeah, it's it's our burden. It's our burden to carry. It's true. It's true. We're glad to do it. So yeah, these are some of the some of the best, the best of the best. Mm-hmm. Um, this is something that was added to our site by our good good buddy, our good poster El Suaco. El Suaco. Um, he posted this story. 
about a restaurant owner that waged war online with a cadre of vegans. Mm. Um, it's a bold move, Cotton. It is a bold move. So there's this restaurant owner in uh, in Ireland, in Dublin. Uh, the cafe is called the White Moose Cafe. I get the sense it's not a very big place, you know, not yeah. a bustling no. whatever. No. Anyway, some vegans showed up and uh, ordered some stuff, and they got upset because they didn't really have any vegan stuff on the menu. So the owner of the cafe. Mm-hmm posted a thing to Facebook, and he was basically calling out vegans. And he said, you know, it's totally cool to show up at my restaurant and be a vegan and and whatever. But he's like, all I need, all I'm asking is just a little bit of a heads up that, you know, if you're showing up and you have special dietary requirements that you need to get fulfilled, that you just call me ahead of time and let me know. We'd be glad to accommodate whatever mm-hmm. requirements you have, but you got to give us notice because it might not be on the main menu. Yeah. Simple, pretty, you know, pretty Seems, straightforward. Yeah. Just kind of stepping up and saying, like, we had this problem. This vegan showed up. Look, just, you know, don't, get, up. don't get upset. Just just give us a little notice and we'll take care of it. Mm-hmm. So in the actual post that he said, he, he unfortunately, or maybe fortunately, referred to vegan requirements as idiosyncratic dietary requirements. Hmm. Well... Somebody, uh, the, the customer in question saw this post afterwards. The, this this uh, person that complained about the fact they didn't have vegan stuff available uh, saw this post. And she flipped out. And she goes off on mm-hmm. the White Moose Cafe. And she gets upset because, I mean, she's calling vegans idiotic. Yeah, he called he, he called, called yes. he called vegans idiotic in his post. And uh it's pretty clear that she doesn't understand what idiosyncratic means. No. Uh but anyway, she says, <laughs> "You called down the thunder, mister. You have no idea what you got in yourself. You you got no you're messing with vegan nation. Now you're in trouble." And sure enough, uh immediately after she complains on Facebook about this, uh an army of vegans set upon mm posting negative reviews to this guy's restaurant hell has no fury exactly like a vegan sword <laughs> um well the vegans got all upset and post all these reviews and all these negative reviews happen and uh but this guy doesn't back down to his credit he posted a thing that says all vegans are banned <laughs> no more vegans he bans them and if you show up i'm gonna shoot you <laughs> And he's definitely serious. Yes. I mean, this is a threat yeah. on all vegans, and all ve- and the vegans respond. And they say this guy threatened all of us. He's going to murder all of How us. How dare you? He says it's a joke. Yeah. But, I mean, this he's is a serious. vegan clansman. This seriously, this yeah. yeah, it's it's all fun and games. But he just threatened to murder all of us if we show up at his cafe. Uh, and then he starts to get threats via Facebook, like "I hope you die a painful death." Uh, you know, I hope somebody mutilates your worthless corpse. Think, things we and other things we can't really uh, say. Yeah, over. that we can't. That's a cleaned up version. Of what we said, and he takes them in stride mm-hmm. and responds very politely and nicely compared to you know whatever. And then finally, he apologizes to vegans and he says, "You know what? I shouldn't have said I was going to shoot you. It would have been much nicer if I would just poison my food that I was giving to you <laughs> uh, to murder you." 
P.S. P.S.F.U. <laughs> and uh, so anyway, finally, this whole thing ends with uh, thank you, vegans. Uh, all this all this publicity has led to an uptake in interest in my cafe and more customers, more receipts. People in New Zealand are coming in saying, asking about our cafe. And so anyway, it's a great little story. I, I love this because it's it's interesting because it's like a... It's like a double reverse internet thing that happens where you think about negative publicity. It's like we always say, Glenn. Right. doesn't matter what you say about us. Just make sure you spell our name correctly. That's gentleman. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Uh, yeah. That's right. So anyway, I, I think it's a cool story because, I mean, not, it doesn't matter if it's if you're vegan or not or vegetarian or whatever. Uh, this guy was clearly, I mean, he's a good sport about the whole thing, even though, I mean, the whole, uh, the whole, I'm going to shoot you if you show up at my door. It, it was a bit, it was a little That much. was a little bit much. Yeah. But he was clearly joking. I right. mean, it was a joke. It was a joke. He's not really going to shoot you if you show up in his door. Right. You know? That's illegal and, right. you know, right. worse than illegal. Yeah. But but I, I like how this guy didn't back down. Yeah. He's facing a hail of all this criticism, all these people Bring throwing it. him under the bus. Yeah. And he... He just sticks to his guns the whole time. So. And he makes it funny, which is even better. Yeah. You know, I yeah. we, we kind of saw something like this locally, actually. kind yeah. of It's kind of a similar local um, replica of this story because a, a, the owner of a local restaurant here in Lawrence kind of had a little tirade on Facebook oh, yeah. about gluten-free. He's like, yeah. oh, this is a, an Italian restaurant. Yeah. Um, <laughs> everything yeah. has glu- everything has, has gluten in it. Yeah. It's pasta. It is yeah. bread. He's like... Yeah, and you know, I, I'm paraphrasing here, but he basically said, "You're insane if you come to my place yeah. and expect to have gluten free food." Yeah, and it caused a huge storm. Yeah, I mean, it was just, ma- I mean, anyway, the guy's doing pretty well for business. Uh, the the thing with that is that this local restaurant, their food is amazing. Yeah, it's amazing. It's food. really good. And if you eat gluten free, and you can't have some of this stuff. Then that's that's too your bad. loss. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> More for me and Brian. Yeah. Exactly. Um, so anyway, yeah. It definitely. There's two sides of that story for sure. But um, mm-hmm. yeah, people need to chill out a little bit. This guy said idiosyncratic dietary requirements, and I think that that's an apt way to describe somebody that shows up and they're vegan. It might be a little bit off sides, but yeah. come on. I mean, I've gone to as a. I guess I feel like I'm a normal eater. I'm not a vegan. I'm not a vegetarian. I don't have any like special gluten-free requirements or anything like that. Mm-hmm. And I, one, I remember one time I accidentally went to a veg, like a vegetarian. It might have been a vegan restaurant. And they. How did you accidentally do that? Well, it just I was in a different city, okay. and it was a highly okay. reviewed restaurant. And I went there, and I remember I asked for a Coke. <sighs> And they looked at me like <laughs> I was the devil incarnate for asking him. No, no, the drug. Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah, oh, okay. that would, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Uh, Sorry, it's I vegan free. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> I mean, it's uh, vegan free. Yeah, I, I just about got thrown out of there for asking for a Coke. I mean, they looked at me like, who the hell are you coming in here asking for a Coke? And I was like, I, I'm not from here. I have no idea, you know? Wait, is there is there meat? In Coke? No, uh, okay. no, and that's the thing. It's just it, it's 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 the idea that it's some big corporate. You're you're oh you're drinking that big corporate soda, oh, okay. Coca Cola. No way, not in our restaurant. We've got beet soda, beet soda, or whatever. That I was like, okay, I'll take a beet ginger ale. All right, you know, whatever. It was just like it was. 
I don't mean to make light of it, but but no, my point was that not to make fun of it. My point is that I was like, okay, all right, that's fine, that's fine. Yep. When in Rome, I'll have the beet yep. soda. Yep. The you know the and celery yep. root beer and uh, you know the parsnips. No, no, it's Thank actual you. roots. Actual yeah, roots yeah, exactly. Um, I, I made do with it. I didn't complain about it. I yep. didn't get upset about it. I didn't yep. like cause a ruckus about it. I didn't get on Facebook and say. Screw this non-meat restaurant. Yeah, you know? yeah. But uh, you know, your idiosyncratic yeah uh, diet. You know. I mean, so anyway, the wow. point is, I think yeah. But you're right. I think I think it's natural of human beings though. If yeah. you if you're in a minority about something, you're probably more sensitive about situations like that, which is, which makes sense, especially on the internet. Yeah, especially on the internet. If you're a store owner and I go in there and say, "Hey, I want something vegan," and he right. and he's like, you know. If you could just let me know ahead of time, I'd right. be happy to cook you whatever you want. Right. Problem solved. But because right. this happened on the online, right. you know. Right. And who knows how, what went down between them. Like, <sighs> Probably nothing. If, but the thing is, if you're a vegan and you go to a restaurant and you you say, like, what do you have on here that's vegan? And they're like, well, we don't really have anything. I mean, you got to expect that sometimes you're going to go to a restaurant and some people aren't going to have something. That, yeah. And it's, it's nice that they're honest about it. They could have been like, oh, yeah, the uh, hot dogs are vegan. Yeah. <laughs> These are uh, these are made with all vegan, natural, yeah, vegan hooves. Yeah. Um, so anyway, Glenn, <laughs> made from vegan. <laughs> this my summer my summarization did not do this justice. You should go over to podcast.jumba.com no. and we will link to this story. It has the actual Facebook posts. It has the actual emails. It has mm. the actual all the, the good, whole sorted tale, all the juicy details. Ooh, yeah. And it's uh, it's good to it's <laughs> it's a really interesting little story. So thanks for uh, El Swaco for posting that. Um, Get it done. It. Yeah, absolutely. All right. Well, we also uh, now we also uh, the, the next the next link that we're going to talk about mm-hmm. is posted by none other than the Razorback, the Razorback, the Razorback, and mm-hmm. Razorback has posted. Uh, an article from Mashable, which is some... I've, I've never heard of this site before. Apparently, it's a thing. Mashable. 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 Ma- May- Mashable. 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 Anyway, Mashable has a great um, article titled, 16 Surprising Facts About Bohemian Rhapsody mm-hmm. As It Hits 40. And apparently, the song, the great Queen song, Bohemian Rhapsody, is, mm-hmm. is turning 40. Yeah. And Bohemian Rhapsody, if you've never heard it before... Hit pause. Yeah. Go over to iTunes or whatever music service that you use to listen to music and listen to Bohemian Rhapsody and then come back because then this will make a lot more sense. Yeah. Um, Bohemian Rhapsody is a fantastic song. Mm -hmm. Um, But the process of writing and recording and, uh, you know, the the song hit the top 40, the, the charts twice basically right decades apart because of wayne's world wayne's world mm-hmm. um you know uh, that was the first time i had heard it yeah i was I, in wayne's world I, yeah I, well i think i think my sister had a queen's greatest hit mm-hmm. album so but i guess that queen's or um wayne's world would have come out before that so i wouldn't have yeah. anyway i think i mean it was relatively popular back in the day yeah and then with wayne's world i think it, it kind of had a new resurgence i think it charted higher after Wayne's World than it did initially when they released it in the 70s. Right. Um, but anyway, this is a, you know, it's a story about the, a lot of interesting little facts about this super unique song. Yeah, and the song, so, okay, Freddie Mercury, lead singer, the front man for the band. Mm-hmm. I, I like his style because, so he would, 
he wrote this song basically based on a set of dreams that he would have. Mm. And I, I think part of it was like he would actually hear the music in his dreams and mm-hmm. part of it with the lyrics. But anyway, he would, his bed, the headboard of his bed was a piano. Right. So the, one of the things that you learn in the article is that he would wake up and just reach back and start playing with his hand, this hand behind his head, mm-hmm. parts of the song. Right. And I guess he's like an accomplished piano player. And right. Could literally play things in his sleep. This is this is. I mean, I, I didn't know this before reading the article, but uh, there's a lot of really famous songs that pe- songwriters picked up. They say that they dreamed. Yeah. Uh, I can't get no satisfaction by the Rolling Stones. Really? Was uh, Keith Richards' dream that riff and boom, woke boom, up boom, and grabbed boom, his guitar? Boom, yeah. Boom, and, boom, boom. Yeah. Exactly. Huh. That came from a dream. And similarly to this song, they say that the original ideas for uh, for Bohemian Rhapsody also occurred to Freddie Mercury in a dream. So it's a very common uh, throughout the history of rock and roll. A lot of the most famous songs are stuff that's people have woken up and and played. Dream inspired. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I, I thought there's a lot of interesting facts about this that I wasn't aware of. Um, a lot of stuff seems trivial now. I mean, they say that they recorded it in six different studios. It took the the opera section alone took three weeks. You think about that now in terms though of how much time people spend on albums. I mean, people spend five, six years on albums sometimes now. Uh, back in the day, that was like almost unheard of, and three weeks sounds like a long time. But if you think about that operatic section, it's like, man, that seems actually pretty quick. Yeah, uh, to, to get that whole thing figured out and done. Um, so I, any- I always thought that was just you know dubs of. Of Freddie Mercury singing like all the different parts. Yeah, is mm-hmm. it or is it actual? No, yeah, it is. Okay, okay. yeah, it's them. You know, yeah, Freddie Mercury basically Form singing like a, yeah, singing an operatic. Oh um, man, one of my favorite ones though out of the whole thing that I didn't realize this was that uh, Roger Taylor, who's the drummer of Queen, mm-hmm. uh, actually locked himself. That apparently there would be a lot of arguments among the members of Queen about. <laughs> Various aspects of B sides and uh, mm. what would get included on the album, which songs were the best, all these things. Uh, their producer even said that they would, he would want a studio with an extra room so that the band could go off in private and argue about stuff because <laughs> they didn't want to argue in front of other people of about the intricacies of the band stuff. Um, but anyway, Roger Taylor actually locked himself <clears throat> in a closet and said he wouldn't come out until they agreed. That the song that he wrote, I'm in Love With My Car, was the B-side to Bohemian Rhapsody. All right. Um, I got to say, I'm in Love With My Car, it sounds like, you know, I could see at the time the other members of Queen being like, this is a stupid song. This song sucks. You know, Mm -hmm. why are we making this song? But I like that song. Have you heard it? No. It's a good song. <clears throat> it's 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 all about what it is. It's like him, I'm in love with my car. He loved cars, you know. Huh. Uh, it sounds like a stupid premise for a song, but it's actually a good song. I'm sure it's going to be on some Ford commercial at some point. Well, it should be anyway. Um, Prius. I don't know. So yeah, uh, but lots of good facts here. I mean, I don't know. It's a lot of interesting stuff about the song. Uh, Bohemian Rhapsody is is quite a quality classic. Man, it, it's a classic. That's what that is. It's one of those songs that it's iconic. You know. When it was released, people didn't really get it. I mean, it, it charted pretty well in the UK and stuff, but right. I don't think people really understood it. The Wayne's World thing really brought it full circle and brought it back to the the public consciousness. You know what I mean? Well, and Queen has, you know, a lot of their songs are, it seems like they're experiments. You know what I mean? Like they're just kind of disjointed and just weird. They got some weird general. songs. I love Queen. Oh, they're a great band. Brian May and 
Freddie Mercury's an awesome front man. I mean, <laughs> that dude can really just Is he up there down. with uh, Van Halen, Brian? Oh, Daily Ross, hard to eclipse, man. I would say Freddie Mercury means absolutely in the same company as, as Daily uh, Ross. Freddie Mercury pro- probably has better uh, talent in terms of singing. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. And he plays <laughs> piano. Yeah. And he was, I mean, ahead of the time, ahead of yeah. Daily Roth. I mean, Daily Roth's a great showman, but let's not joke around about how much actual musical talent this guy has. I oh, mean, yeah. it's not... This is before Autotune, baby. Yeah, exactly. Freddie Mercury's an incredible singer. We've had posts on Gentleman.com where they had the actual audio tapes that were mm. isolated that was just his vocal isolated tracks. tracks, yeah. Uh, singing. I don't think it was... It might have been Bohemian. I think it was We Are the Champions. Probably. And it's incredible. I mean, when you hear him actually just sing it through, you know, by himself, it sounds almost even more impressive than it does with the instrument. It's, a, it's really incredible. I mean, it's just got an incredible voice. And that was the day where they just had tape. It wasn't computerized yep. or auto-tuned or affected. It was just straight up hitting record on a tape and then trying to get the best take you could get. Letting some guy do his thing. And man, Freddie Mercury can get it done. So yeah, I mean, Queen's a Queen's a great band. Uh, so yeah, it's a really cool story. I can't believe Bohemian Rhapsody's 40 years old. It's amazing. 40 years old? 40. It's amazing. It makes me feel old. Well, I wasn't around when Bohemian Rhapsody was Bohemian. Yeah. But... Um, <laughs> Bohemian. <laughs> Want to be Bohemian. You know, uh, one of the great... The great party lines is. Uh, did I see it in that article, or did I see it somewhere else? I think it's one of the art, one of the <laughs> one of the articles I linked to in the article. Mm-hmm. But I was talking about they were interviewing um, Brian May about you know the song and does he still like it? How does it hold up? And he's mm-hmm. like, he's like, oh yeah. He's like, I love it. If I'm in the car and it comes on, he's like, I turn it up. I love it. It's great. <laughs> yeah. You know. Yeah. He's How like, I don't quite get into it as like Wayne's World, like they right. did in the. Uh, how could how could you not turn the that song up though? It's good. Yeah, it's a good one. All time classic. Okay, Glenn. Well, time for time for one more attack. Mm-hmm. This one was posted by a guy or gal. We don't know. We don't know. The name is nondescript. Doesn't matter. Doesn't matter. Zombie cat bacon. He's been posting a lot. Sorry, I keep saying he. They. This, they, they been posting have been posting. Uh, a, a lot of great, great quality articles, and this mm-hmm. is another one um, that is it cuts me cuts me deep. Yeah. Um, goodbye to Grantland, ESPN's home for actual sports journalism, mm-hmm. and it's on a site called The Nation. And um, this this article is written by uh, a former ESPN ombudsman. Yeah, uh, which is pretty cool. So he was pretty close to the organization and in a supposedly impartial role, right? Uh, to to sit there and basically call them on their bull hockey, Crap. bull hockey, <laughs> right. their cock and bull. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> and uh, so anyway, it's it's a great little story about Grandland's been shut down. Wait, wait, on their what cock and bull. It's a it's a okay. It's a, a phrase that means uh, you know um, nonsense. Okay, sure. Um, anyway, uh, <laughs> so this guy wrote this article about the the swan song of Grantland. Uh, Grantland was a great site. I mean, I, I spent a lot of time on there myself. Um, it was one of the first long form content sites, mm-hmm. as far as I recall. It also, you know, broke some ground as far as internet journalism goes. You know, I would, and I would wager too that yeah, I, we were talking before the show about how this this really sucks because 
when I go to ESPN, I go often, mm-hmm. at least once a day. Yeah, absolutely. Um, it's one of, the, one of the handful of sites that I visit every day. Every day. Mm-hmm. And more often than not, when there's a new Grantland article, I'm reading it. Mm-hmm. I would say half the time. Half the time mm-hmm. I see one. I mean, it, and 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 this and that's an investment to read a Grantland article. I mean, they're in yep. long form. You know, you have to carve out some time to to read right. it. And anyway, and it's spectacular writing, and mm-hmm. it just it just you know. What I found interesting about this article was that he talks a lot about the self-interest of ESPN and yeah. what they highlight and what they get rid of. They, um, he talks about a lack of interest in stories that are against their best interests as far as, uh, superstars that have done something terrible. Yeah. And also anything that goes against their, you know, they own networks that are directly involved with conferences with, College sports, right? Uh, they did that. He, I, I love the term that he used. He said they got criticized for LeBron's selfie that he did for going to Miami. Yeah, he did an entire special about mm-hmm. taking his talents to mm-hmm. South Beach. Um, you know, so he, he kind of takes ESPN to task for a yeah, lot of does. the stuff that's pretty contradictory. Um, they've got billions and billions of dollars wrapped up in buying rights to all these sporting events, the NBA, college football. Uh, and it's just getting more and more. ESPN just, I think they just laid off a bunch of people. 300 or something like that? Yeah. Just, I mean, trying to, you know, Disney apparently is cutting their budget a little bit. They they work for the man at Disney, you know. <laughs> yeah. Got to answer the higher power. Yeah, it's true. Well, and, you know, he cites the, the reasoning behind, you know, layoffs is that, you know, ESPN, the, the, the rights to show... All these sporting events and everything, the costs keep going up. Mm-hmm. You know, it's all these other networks that are trying to get yeah. involved too. So it's kind of started bidding wars, things like that. So costs have gone up. But I mean, a site like Grantland, I mean, what are, what are the actual co- costs for, right. you know, hiring 10 writers to. Yeah, it's <clears throat> tough because I think that the guy that was in charge of it, Bill Simmons, mm-hmm. uh, was very controversial and got into a little bit of a tussle with the person that was in charge of ESPN. Basically daring him to to drop him, and huh. they fired him, and so I think it became. A, I didn't know that. It became a point of contention, oh. and then they said, "No, nah, we're going to drop Simmons, but we're going to keep Grantland. We're going to. It's going to be fine. Everything's going to be good." Yeah. And then, like two months later, like ah, never mind. We it's were not good about that. Not good. Um, you know, it's interesting because it was something that they tried that worked really well, but yet they just kind of canned it. You know, without really, it seems odd. I mean, I feel like these are the kinds of things that a big company should be trying to do is something a little bit different, something that's groundbreaking, and then put some real force behind it and then continue it on, you know? Whether or not they keep Simmons because he had too much of an ego or disagreed with the leader of the company or whatever, he still had this great property that was groundbreaking and could have gone in new, interesting directions, and then they just cut it off. I don't understand that at all. I mean, Put some interns writing on it then at that point or, or whatever. I mean, well, like they're going to have a hard time finding talent to write for you. Yeah, ESPN. exactly. So <laughs> I, I don't really know why. I, it almost seems like an ego thing that they're trying to do with that. I don't know. Especially but. especially when the article, I mean, this guy's outlining all the reasons why ESPN is having a hard time because the right. current model is becoming more expensive. Exactly. The margins are getting higher. Yeah. Um, so Maybe he's trying to do something different. Yeah. yeah. 
But uh, I don't know. It's sad. I, I, I think it's a cool site. I'm going to miss it for sure. It sounds like uh, Simmons is, is doing his own thing now. Hopefully he maybe restarts something like Grantland with uh, a different set of funding that can be better. I don't know. I mean, he, I mean, you need funding. You can just start a, start a blog. You know, yeah. I mean, yeah. seriously, I would I would subscribe like that. Yeah, he would have no trouble getting sponsors. Mm-hmm. It's true. Yeah, yeah. I don't know. Hire a couple talented designers to you know <clears throat> build them a yeah a worthy website. Mm-hmm. I don't know. No problem. Those exist. Yep. Exactly. <laughs> well, anyway, uh, it's too bad it's Grantland's done for. I was surprised too. I was shocked by it. It was. It took me by surprise. I don't like it, Brian. Yeah. I don't like it. Well, it's true. Well, let's talk about something you do like, Glenn. And okay. this is the gentleman toes for this week. Oh. Um, Glenn, uh, little known team from the Midwest. Mm-hmm. It's a it's a, a story as old as time itself. The little guy, the little after, guy. after thirty years, mm-hmm. comes back and stings, stings like a bee. Looked like a butterfly and That's wins right. the World Series, and that team is the Royals. That's right. And uh, the Kansas City Royals—they—they they just won the World Series for the first time in 30 years. They were in the series last year. Yes. Didn't take home the crown, but two years in a row they made it to uh, the ultimate playoff. And uh, this year they did win the crown, and it was a big deal for for Kansas City fans all over the world. Yeah, it's um. It's interesting because, you know, like I was talking about earlier in the show, we had this parade and, you know, basically Brian and I were the only people who didn't go to it mm-hmm. in the uh, Kansas City metro area. Yeah. Basically, everybody in Kansas was <laughs> at the parade. They were saying people from all, like people from Texas, mm-hmm. people from everybody. Yeah. You know, um, and the thing is, is like, you know, we have a, a MLS soccer team. Now, granted, MLS is a smaller sort, sport, but mm-hmm. Kansas City is a huge soccer town. And yeah. when they won the championship, the MLS championship in 2012, I think it was. They had a rally, too, but it wasn't like this. Right. And it's because not everybody's a sporting KC fan. Right. But if you're from the area, by default, you're probably a Royals fan. Right. You're probably a Chiefs fan. Mm-hmm. And the Royals getting it done two years in a row. Yeah. Well, not two years in a row. They've been in the World Series two years in a row, but they right. finally got it done this year. Mm-hmm. So many great sub-stories, Brian. Yeah. Where do I begin? First of all, this team... Now, I'm, I'm biased because I'm a fan. Mm-hmm. But this team doesn't play baseball like any other team. Right. Um, they play, you know, a lot of people live and die by hitting home runs, getting mm-hmm. extra base hits. Mm-hmm. And playing the Royals is like death by a thousand cuts. I mean, right. they just bleed you. They just yeah. they just hit runs all day long and they just little ticky-tack things here and there. It's like old school baseball. Mm. We don't. We have a small, you know, market cap compared to... The New York Mets, the New York Yankees, or mm-hmm. L.A., you know. So, it's like the little guy. It's a true American story, Brian. Right. True American heroes right here. I was getting the sense that the, the Royals play an aggressive style of yes. baseball that a lot of other people don't, yeah. don't do. Baseball is very much a conservative like numbers game. Like, okay, mm-hmm. there's two outs. You don't do this. You do right. That. Well, they basically, by challenging everything, mm-hmm. put a lot of pressure on... A defense, and when you do that over time, it's stressful, right? Yeah. It gets people out of their rhythm. Mm-hmm. It's hard to deal with. Mm-hmm. Um, you just take people out of their environment, kind of by doing the unconventional and, right. and like you know, stealing bases at in, at opportune times. And you're like, yeah, yeah. it's just it was just a ton of fun to watch. They're a ton of fun. I mean, they're not it's a lot like, of uh, near death comebacks. Yeah, uh, seven games were won. Seven seven games were won 
after coming back two runs, mm. which like is insanely unheard of. Yeah, it was a record. Yeah, but that's just in the postseason, right? So mm-hmm. anyway, I'm 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 super happy when it yeah. when we won. I I didn't fall asleep until like three thirty in the morning right. just because I was so happy. <clears throat> it's a big deal. I mean, like you said, thirty years in the making. Um, you know, it's uh, it, and it's it's interesting too because I know Yost Ned Yost was getting Andrew, a lot yep. of flack up until a couple years ago. Right, a lot of people were like, "This guy's insane. He doesn't know what he's doing. Yep. He's running this program into the ground. This yep. is terrible." Mm-hmm. And sweet redemption for uh, for a manager that uh, really didn't get his due until he won a World Series. So. The whole yeah, and even even beyond him, the whole organization like mm, absolutely because yeah. like we said, you know, it's a small market. I think we're like the 29th biggest market Kansas City is. Mm-hmm. So there's no salary cap in baseball. So markets like L.A. have tons in theory yep. have lots of money to spend on players. Mm-hmm. So Kansas City had to go alternate routes to get players. So they developed them from their own farm system. Right. They brought them in. They went to, you know, Latin America and brought in players from there and, mm-hmm. you know, kind of went outside of the norm yep. to develop a team in-house and, like, were patient with them for, you know, six, seven, eight yeah. years. And finally, these guys are just, like, all-stars. and Yeah. So it's a really cool story of, like, they didn't go out and they didn't buy a team. Right. They developed it in-house. And, th- mm-hmm. I mean, it's like their baby, you know? Yeah. Anyway, it's really mm-hmm. easy to root for a team like that. I uh, yeah I mean I'm not a, a huge baseball fan but mm-hmm. I mean I've just I've heard about Yost for the last five years about people complaining about him oh, and yeah. all this stuff and so all of a sudden they win a <laughs> world championship and man there's a lot of people toast to the town right on on board with it <laughs> just like know. I said we should we should keep him <clears throat> yeah he's well I mean you know he had some unconventional things he yeah kinda, he didn't go by yeah. numbers he's not a numbers right. guy and so right. he just bases it all on gut yeah. And which is maddening for a lot of people. Oh yeah, I'm sure. Yeah, especially in the age of Moneyball, Saber Metrics, that, you yep. know, all that that revolutionized baseball. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah, yep. it flies in the face of all that stuff, and you know, I don't know, it's a new hot thing, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Anyway, well, they were the best team. Yeah, they didn't have the most talented players. They had right. the best team, right? And that's that's a lot of fun. That's what it should be all about. It know? should be. So anyway, mm-hmm. to the Royals. Yeah, almost thirty Rose. years to the day. Right. Winning a World Series, so... All right. Well, hopefully Cheers. next year at this time we'll be cheering another oh, yeah. World Championship. Team. I think they'll be good for... You know, baseball's funny because, you know, we have... It's all about contracts and how much money you have left. And mm-hmm. We've got some guys up for contract this year and next year. And, you know, and then you got to develop more... So anyway, yeah. it's a whole ebb and flow of everything. Right. So we'll probably be good. We, our window's probably another... Next year probably pretty good. Yeah. We'll see after that. You know, yeah. But, Baseball's tough. It's, yeah. it's you don't you don't really know what's going to happen until it happens. So right, right. Anyway, well, we'll see what happens. We will. Um, okay, Lynn. Well, speaking of seeing what happens, Ooh. it's time for the hot button topic. And uh, this week, Glenn, there's been an important report out there. Yes, and I'm going to send a bulletin out there for everybody listening to this podcast. That if you have ever eaten red meat, mm-hmm. you will now get cancer. At some point in your life, you'll die. Yep, exactly. Mm-hmm. Um, unfortunately, that's what's happened. We've we found out that mm-hmm. if you've ever eaten a hot dog, that you will die from cancer. Or something else. Yeah. Asterisk. Or something else. 
Uh, no, in reality, Glenn, mm. the World Hor- <laughs> the World Health Organization. <laughs> Close my tab. In reality, Glenn, the World Health Organization mm. has put out a bulletin that says you have an eighteen percent chance higher of getting colorectal cancer mm. if you eat a certain amount. I think it's two ounces of red meat. Or more per day. Mm. Uh, in addition, they've they've talked about the increased risk from processed uh, meats. That makes sense. Yeah, the processed stuff that makes sense. Um, so anyway, Glenn, the bacon, bacon, bacon is one of the things that they say. They're basically talking about any mm. kind of you know hot dogs, bacon, ham. Uh, pepperoni, salami, any of the any of the world famous right meats, sausage that we all know and love. Um, what are we to do as a civilization when we come to the realization that eating sausage every day is bad for you? The vegans were right. The vegans were right. Apparently, look at it. Yeah. <sighs> Brian, let me tell you something. Now, when this came out, I. I, I promptly flipped over my computer desk, right, and stormed out of the room because I knew it's hard to swallow. Well, it's not. Let me tell you why, Brian. <laughs> let me. <laughs> you look surprised. Let me tell you why this is a load of uh, cock and balls. Yep. Co- uh, no, cock, cock and bowl. Cock and cock bowl. And bowl. <laughs> Sorry, kids. Um... <laughs> <laughs> it's a real saying. Yeah. Look it up. I know, I know, I know. And so is the other one, but I think yeah. probably not what I was. Ah, oh. okay. Yeah. Um, right. So this is uh, bull hockey, is what it is. Let mm-hmm. me tell you why. <laughs> um, first of all, this is the, it, causation or correlation, Brian. Right. Okay. If you eat a crap load of processed foods all day long, yeah, yeah, you're going to die quicker than I am, mm-hmm. you know? Um, processed food, ever, I think that's a general like consensus of everybody anywhere is that it's not that good for not you. Not good for you, yeah. <laughs> um, but I think the real surprising thing was the, the red meat thing. Was it they're, they're saying yeah. red meat, particularly not even processed meat, red meat yeah. causes an increase, a significant increase in your... Uh, yeah. Uh, risk for cancer. I, I, yeah. yeah, I get that. But, you know, what's red meat, Brian? Hamburgers. Fast mm-hmm. food. Um, yeah. You know, and this also this study relies on data that's been... Collected through questionnaires. Right. You have to remember people. what you ate and wrote it down. Right. So... Wh- Human which, beings make errors. Right. But... And, and that may or may not be a big, big factor. But the thing is, is that if you go and look at the numbers, which I'm sure you have, mm-hmm. and broken it all down... Yes. Uh Simple enough for a, a dummy like me to understand, Brian. Mm-hmm. The the basis is that you have a higher percentage. Yeah. Not you. Not you're eighteen percent more likely. It's it's eighteen percent. Wait, no. I'm I'm, I'm saying that. Go, go ahead. You're you're you're. Yeah. This this has been. I'm I'm not sure what the actual because they like, say eighteen percent more likely to do that. Right. Is that eighteen percent on top of the actual percent? That you yes, are yeah. okay. which is like two point something percent. The the they're talking specifically about colorectal cancer cancer here. Yeah, 
and that your incidence throughout your lifetime of your chance of that basically if you live till whenever is four and a half percent right right so you have a point you're 18 percent higher of that to develop that type of cancer if you eat meat regularly so 18 percent of four percent i believe so yeah so now it's four and a four and change yeah basically if you just it's basically five and five and a quarter or something so it's so really no change. i mean <laughs> it's interesting because you know when you look at an entire population of people and you see that correlation and you have a body of scientists that say yes we agree that this is the case that means that there's definitely a some kind of a correlation there they say that they still don't understand exactly what the correlation is but here's my question about it glenn is that if I have to sit back every single meal and think about the fact that I might be increasing my risk to get cancer by 18%, uh, and you're looking at a difference between 4.5% and 4 and 5.5%, if I have over a certain amount of meat per meal, you know. Right. Uh, here's, the, here's, the, here's the real takeaway from this. Everything's good in moderation. Exactly. Like... I don't think that by eating red meat once in a while, you're really doing anything that's actually really real to yourself. You know what I mean? Right. It's There are people out there, like Jim Harbaugh, yeah. that eat steak every meal. Yes. You know what I mean? Every day. Yeah. I don't think he eats it every meal, does he? Well, I don't know. But he's saying that he eats <laughs> steak every day. He takes, right? a, he takes a daily supplement. And, uh, and it's steak. It's called steak. And that's probably not... A great thing to be doing. I mean, I think common sense tells you, I mean, that's a good meal. You know what I mean? But maybe not every meal. Uh, so I think that's the takeaway from it. Everything's good in moderation. Uh, and unless you're really overloading yourself with this kind of stuff, with if you're eating hot dogs every day for your, for your meal, it's probably not a good thing for you. Just about everything that we can consume is yeah. cancerous yeah. past a certain level of right. consumption. Right. So, right. yeah. But, but the other thing about this thing, too, is that um, you talked about the, the organization. World Health, Health Organization. Yeah, yeah, the World yeah. Health Organization coming to a consensus. Well, actually, I really wish I could. I, I read a bunch of stuff on this, too. Yeah. And it really was like. There's some dissension. It was like, yeah, it yeah. wasn't a, a like 9 out of 10. Right. It was like 6 out of 10 or 7 out of 10. You know I mean? So you got that. Yeah. And, and you got the fact that it basically raises your percentage of getting colon cancer well no it's not colon cancer it's colorectal cancer colorectal cancer by a half a percent yeah so yeah I'll take my chances if I can have bacon yeah well I mean that's the thing is like you know also drinking soda probably does the same thing oh so uh, is it okay soda is the only wait never mind never mind it's a different study yeah but basically said that soda is like the only thing on this planet that's linked to like directly linked to obesity. Right. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah, not chocolate. Yeah. Not ice cream. Right. Soda. Right. Um, uh, you know, but I mean like, yeah. So uh, yeah, don't drink soda. Don't have red meat. Don't, uh, you know, don't eat vegetables. Yeah. Don't eat vegetables. Right. Don't, uh, don't drink coffee. Can't drink too much water. Water can nope, kill you. Water can kill you. It yeah. can. Yeah, it's true. Too much water will kill you. Exactly. Um, uh, I don't know. If you can, 
fashion a bubble around your person. Yes. So that you never touch any of the outside. Right. There's a movie about this, Jake mm-hmm. Gyllenhaal. Yeah. I think it won an Emmy. No, uh, uh, an Oscar. No. Uh, what's the award? Don't drive a car. Academy. There it is. Don't drive a car don't, because oh, don't that'll kill you. Don't ride a bike. Don't walk anywhere. No. Because you might get hit by a car. And bunions. Yes. Um, <clears throat> uh, no, so, so I think the takeaway from this, Glenn, is that you gotta, you gotta, you gotta take some risks in life. And one of those risks might be eating a steak. I'll I'll take that risk <laughs> every time. I'm gonna walk on the wild side. I'll sit down at the table every time. I'm gonna walk on the wild side, pushing my chips in. Exactly. And sometimes I'm gonna eat a steak. Sometimes I'm gonna have a burger. <laughs> yes. And I'm okay with that. You know what? After this show, in in honor of the World Health Report, I'm gonna go and get a burger. There you go. Because, yeah. Because I can. A McDonald's uh, jalapeno cheeseburger. Alas, they don't come. I think it's like a February through. We need to. We need to get on at McDonald's petition. about this. You this never is, had it, did you? No, I never got to have it because it was done with before I got to enjoy that. Uh yeah. I Glenn and I are not phased by the idea that. <laughs> not one bit. No. I have I have bacon waiting for me at home, which yeah. I will eat tomorrow morning. I'm not worried about this. This has been on the news. Everybody's been oh. reporting it. But what basically. And it's, it's clickbait. Is all it yeah. is. Why would a respect? I don't care. I don't know how res- I don't know how respectable the World Health Organization is. But why would you come out and say, you guys, you're half a percent more likely to get colorectal cancer? I if I you eat something. It's crazy, man. But then uh, there'll always be people that'll like look at that and just say, "Oh, I'm sweet done. Moses." Yeah, I can't. I can't eat. Anymore. Can't do it. Yeah, and that's a sad thing too. Is yeah, that, exactly. Right. I could see. I, I don't want to generalize here, but I could see like you know, when my grandma was alive, mm-hmm. she was she was that way. Yeah, like my grandpa had a heart attack, and so she yeah. was very um, protective of him, right. like what he, what he ate or whatever, and yeah. would would uh, you know, <laughs> would be like, oh, yeah. well, they say that. Butter's bad, so I'm gonna yeah. I'm gonna give you you know it's right. I can't believe it's not butter, which is yeah I can't believe it's actually a food right um, right it's terrible yeah. for you uh, anyway yeah I I had my my mom like uh, I made some comment in passing one time she she used to like eat microwave popcorn a lot yeah you know because she it was good microwave popcorn oh, is good who didn't yeah and there was some health report out that was yeah. like oh microwave popcorn is terrible for yep. you you know. So I made some stupid comment about that, and I was more joking than anything else. I was like, "Oh, well, there's this weird like health thing about like my yeah. microphone." She's like, I, "I talked to her, you know," and she's like, "Oh, I haven't, I haven't eaten microwave popcorn in eight months because of what you said to me." And I was like, oh. <laughs> "It's like I no, that's not. Don't ignore that. You're fine. Moderation, like, people. Yeah, it's fine. You're fine. Soda, it's fine. beer, red meat. Yeah, moderation. Fine. It's totally fine." Anyway. Brian and I have only had like 10 beers since we've been sitting here. Yeah, and six steaks. Moderation. That's it. Only six steaks. Six ste- <clears throat> Jim Harbaugh's still around. He's, he's He looks steak, fit as a fiddle. Steak steak every day. I, and some whole milk. Yeah. So, mm-hmm. anyway. Anyway, Glenn. All right, Glenn. Well, that's uh, the hot button topic. We both agree. Whew. Forget about this red meat report. Dude. Don't worry about it. Don't listen... Yeah. Sometimes you just got to ignore science. You know what I mean? Yeah. Sometimes you just got to ignore gravity. It's like the Royals. If Marty McFly would have worried about gravity, would right. he have gotten on the hoverboard? Right. No. 
You just got to ignore no, granted, it. Granted, he was forced in the situation well, given the circumstances. Let's just say. Uh, uh, Brian, look. The Royals could have relied on sabermetrics to build a team eight years ago. That's right. And they wouldn't have won a World Series. That's right. Go with your head. Go with, go with your just heart. just got to go with your gut. Go with your heart. That's right. What kind of character does that food that you're eating have? Yeah. you to eat some lima beans and a <laughs> parsnip for dinner? <laughs> or are you going to have some steak? Come on. With your lima beans and parsnips. <sighs> that would be pretty good, actually. That's a good goal. Lima beans and parsnips? Mm. Oh, man. I can't do lima beans. It's like the only food in the world I can't eat. <laughs> yeah. They weird me out. Uh, I just said it because it's a funny way to say something. Okay, Glenn. Okay. Well, Steve's a uh, funny way to say something. Um, it's time for the questions from the gentleman mailbag this mm. week, Glenn. And uh, this week uh, was, this past week was Halloween. Mm-hmm. And the uh, question is, what uh, was your Halloween costume this year? Mm-hmm. And what is your favorite Halloween costume that you've done of all time? Well, my Halloween costume this year, um, true to form, I procrastinated. Yes, you did. You 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 took it until the last second. I I really um, did. You know, I, I asked uh, you three hours before my party what you were going to wear for your costume for my party, and you still had no idea. Yeah. So. By the way, Brian had an amazing party. It was uh, good. the it house was lit up. I won't spoil Brian's costume, but it was it was it was very good. Mm-hmm. And and uh, Laura, his girlfriend, it was also awesome. Yep. Um, but anyway, lots of merriment to be had. Yep. Vampire juice. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, so didn't know what I was going to do for Brian's party. And I... Uh, you came through in the clutch. I, I did. I had an epiphany. I thought of... Um, I don't remember how I got it. I, I, I'll, I, anyway, I was Cousin Eddie from Vegas or from Christmas Vacation. Mm-hmm. With the white... You know the, the scene where he uh, he gets out of his RV and he's wearing like a woman's bathrobe. <laughs> And uh, yeah, and the and the hunting hat with the flaps, you know, like, yeah. and uh, he's he's out of his RV and he's uh, taking he's emptying the sewage from the RV into the <laughs> the the streets drain, you yeah. know, and uh, and uh, anyway, so that was and it was cigar in hand and yep. cigar and beer in hand. So anyway, mm-hmm. that was my costume, yeah, um, mainly because it was very simple to put together. I did have to go buy a hat and I did have to construct. Um, I did have to take apart a coat hanger and tape it to the inside of the hat so the flaps would stick up all, right. all goofy like mm-hmm. they did in the movie. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it really wasn't that big of a deal. I already had the cigar. Right. There were beers at the party. Mm-hmm. Done and done. It was I, a good costume. I will say, yeah. Brian, thank you. I, I will say uh, the the robe that I was wearing was a little shorter. It was revealing. Was a little shorter revealing. than I would have hoped yeah. to. Uh, mm. uh, I learned a lot. About how to sit. Mm. Um, mm-hmm. I've never had to worry about this. Blue jeans, shorts. Me neither. You know, yeah. most people don't. Yep. But when you wear a bathrobe, you can't yep. sit down mm-hmm. or bend over to get beer out of a cooler, <laughs> as my wife told me later. Ah. Um, yeah, she was she was there. Yeah, uh, yeah that was a that was a problem. But mm. other than that, smooth mm-hmm. sailing. Yeah, good time was had by all. But yeah. really, I think your costumes. Yeah, were. Uh, Took the cake. Of the yeah. Evening. Well, they, they were. Yeah, it was solid. Um, I'm gonna focus on my second set mm. of costume. Okay. Because um, there's a lot of there's a lot of controversy surrounding my costume. Mm. The uh, first one. Well, the second one. 
No, well, both, but Whoa. but I um I actually only dressed up in one costume, but there were a lot of people that confused me. Oh, with the for oh uh, the Doctor McKivnack, which was a which was Doctor McKivnack actually in a in a uh, a costume. I don't know what you'd call it. It was a, it was its own thing. He he looked almost like Hugh Hefner with a silver mask on, and, uh, like a like a Guy Fox yeah. Hugh Hefner kind of thing from Asia. Yeah, basically. Um, so yeah, we had we, we Doctor McKibnack is the guy that threw the party at, at our house. Uh, it was me and Laura's house, but Doctor McKibnack threw the party. Right, and so nice he showed show. up to greet the mm-hmm. guests, and um, you know, mm-hmm. a lot of people mistook me for Doctor McKibnack, mm-hmm. but that wasn't the case. It mm-hmm. was Doctor McKibnack that was. Where, where does he live exactly? Uh, somewhere here in town. Oh, okay. a former KU professor. He doesn't live here. A good, a good friend of ours, and you know, uh, a, a good confidant. I got a creepy vibe from him. He's a little bit of a creep sometimes. He but anyway, be funny. Uh, some people were mistaken me for Doctor McKivnack, but that's oh, not the case. He's okay. actually he's a real person, and mm. he was greeting guests at the party. Mm. And, and so you know, and I, I I wasn't here while this was going on. Mm. Later on, I heard that he was kind of weird around people. I didn't know, but anyway, yeah, yeah, he was. Um, my costume mm. was Axl Rose, mm-hmm. and I had the old school Axl Rose. I had the combat boots, a kilt, and. Uh, <laughs> You know, the headband, the wig, the whole thing. Uh, and my girlfriend, Laura, was the Slash. Mm-hmm. So, um, you know, it was really good. Slash and Axel back together again, yeah. you know. I hope this isn't um, like a uh, foreshadowing for your relationship. No, I hope not, too. Yeah, wow. That, we were kind of jinxed ourselves. I didn't even think about it. Um, no, but you missed I think you'd be okay. You missed it because Axel actually sang to Slash... Later in the night, he sang November Rain oh, to Slash. What a classic! You know, uh, just it was an amazing. Yeah, it was. A, it was. A, it was an amazing moment. Did, I did, mean, was there? How do I ask this delicately? Was there a lot of vampire blood consumed? Vampire juice? What was it? Vampire. Called? Yeah, vampire blood. Yeah, vampire yeah, blood. Yeah, yeah. There's a drink at the party called vampire blood, yep. which at the time I didn't think was actually vampire blood, mm-hmm. but it might have been vampire blood. It could have been. Um, the, yeah, it was mostly gone by the time. Okay, and then that didn't have there. anything to do with the karaoke or no? Oh no, okay. no, no, no. My karaoke Pretty standard was it was good. It was good. I had a hard time figuring out how to implement the karaoke system. On my stereo, I I, I talked to dark, Laura. I talked to Laura morning. about this for like an hour, sitting there staring at it. Like, how did I set? I I'd set it up before, <laughs> and I was like, how did I do this? It's not making sense to me, and I don't understand. But anyway, Glenn. Okay, well, the second part of the question was, what was your favorite costume that you've done of all time? Oh shoot, uh, yeah, you know, again, uh, what what. Probably the first year after I met you, mm-hmm. we went to a party together. Yep. Uh, I think, uh, yeah, one of our Dylan, uh, our friends yep. Dylan Cassie, mm-hmm. um, and I went as uh, Nacho Libre. Yes, as played by Jack Black. Mm-hmm. Another one of those. Oh crap! I have no idea what to do for right. this party. So what do you do, Brian? You have a beard. You shave a mustache. Yep. And I already had longish hair. My wife. Uh, what did she do to it? She did something with curlers. Yeah, it was kind of wavy and stuff. Yeah, so mm-hmm. I was I was Nacho Libre. I had the sweater or I had the vest and the turtleneck. It was an incredible costume, and I, I have to say, for coming up with costumes in the clutch, <laughs> I mean, <laughs> I spent weeks like planning these costumes and trying to figure them out and all this stuff. 
Glenn spends 30 minutes before he goes to the party, and it looks just as, maybe more incredible no, 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 than, the, no. than the costumes that I no, show up no. with. No. Uh, so, yeah, I would say that was a really good one. That you, was you, my favorite. You actually did. Being really in good. character was a yeah. lot of fun, too. Yeah. That's always part of the fun. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Anyway, what about you? Uh, mine was definitely uh, Big Earn McCracken from oh, last, last year. year. Yeah. Uh, I This one's been kind of playing around in my mind for a long time. I really wanted to... Uh, there, there's a movie called Kingpin. Yep. Uh, and there's a character in there that Bill Murray plays called Big Earn. And he's a bowler. And he's got this crazy comb over bald thing going on. Uh, he, he dresses with a lot of flair. He's got a lot of, you yeah. know, lightning bolt t-shirts and stuff mm-hmm. like that. And so I and the bowling ball I, and the bowling ball has a rose, ball, on, has it, a rose, rose on it. Yeah. And yeah. so I in you know I tried to recreate that as best I could on a budget, um, but I feel like I I got it pretty much captured pretty well. Um, but it, that was my favorite because I love that character and it, it's been like. You know, in the back of my mind for like the next Halloween costume for a number of years, and so I, Man, I did that was it. a good one. It was good. It was a lot of fun. Um, it was good. Yeah, I don't know. It's gonna be hard next year. I don't know. Uh, next year, I don't know what I'm gonna do. But I'm gonna I'm gonna come up with something. We'll see. We'll see. But I'm bigger. One, Brian. That was a, that was a good one. Nacho oh, Libre yeah. was a good one. Absolutely. Hmm. Good times. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, Halloween's my favorite hol- holiday. Bar none. I mean, mm-hmm. that's that's my time where mm-hmm. I love Halloween. So we had a party, had all our friends over. It was a really good time. You are part of vampire. It's true. It's true. So yeah, you can tell. <laughs> uh, but anyway, Glenn. Yeah. So um, so anyway, yeah. Halloween's over. Halloween's behind us. Thanksgiving's right around the corner. Man, we're in the season. We're in the throes Christmas, of it. Right after that. Yeah, it's going to be... Black Friday's coming up. Black Friday, yeah. It's a big deal. It's a big day. It's a big day for gentlemen. Mm-hmm. Black Friday of 2011. Yeah. It's when we... Sure. Piece this bad boy together. Mm-hmm. And thus it was... Began. Exactly. Okay, Glenn. Well, this was episode 75. <laughs> wow. Big 7-5. Three quarters of a century. <laughs> All in podcast. I don't feel that old. I don't feel I don't feel that old. My arms are starting to have a hard time picking up these beers and drinking them. <laughs> My fingers are having a hard time typing the titles on these things. Yeah, starting to wear down. I'm like the, Benjamin uh, Button over here. Yeah, the, <laughs> the old mustache twist scale uh, computers. Yeah, I'm not getting any younger either. It's true. It's true. Well, we uh, we still have episode seventy six. Yeah, maybe we can between now and then. Maybe we can uh, get some work done. Yeah, we'll uh, maybe see. some cosmetic. Uh, yeah, surgery like the kids are getting these days. That's true. Yeah, maybe, I could use some Botox. Yeah, exactly. Could just set our faces so we could talk like this. The rest of the podcast. I need some plumpers. Yeah. Um. Well, we'll see. We'll see what happens. Maybe a butt lift. Yeah, I could I use one of those. Yeah, a Brazilian. Brazilian. Oh yeah. Yep. There you go. Mm-hmm. Uh, okay, Glenn. Well, that was episode seventy-five. I'm looking forward to episode seventy-six and that butt lift. <laughs> Uh, I'm Brian McKinney I'm I'm Glenn Stansbury See you guys for episode 76 Thanks for listening to this See you next week Benvenuto Benvenuto Benvenuto